0: There are a lot of people who are saying that September is gonna be an absolute bloodbath on the markets. And there are also a lot of people that are saying that even after this bloodbath, we're gonna find the Bitcoin bottom in September. I'm gonna show you five things or six things actually that may hurt your crypto portfolio in September, but we're also gonna talk about whether those are already priced in. And if they are, well then maybe September is not gonna be such a bad month. Trust me, you have to watch the show until the end. It's one of the most important shows that I've made in a long time before we get into it let me give you a little something to get you into the mood for a big show Fuck out of bed, bitch, go Get up, get up, everything I guess got to go through Time to wake up, time to wake up, bitch, get up Get up, get up, get up, get up. minute late one minute late you guys can forgive me for being one minute late this community is so unforgiving (laughs) welcome back guys i want to just assure you that no animals will win this duck uh, with with a duck uh, banging the drum i love the duck banging the drum just makes my day every morning especially on days like this where there's not really much going on because i mean if you look at the charts if you look at where the hell we are 19,995 20,000 first day of september We're here and Bitcoin is trading at $20,000. We close the monthly candle about equal. And the big question is what's going to happen to this price in September? Is it going to get wrecked like everyone's calling? Because everyone's calling for September to be an absolute, absolute bloodbath. And if you look at Septembers generally, we know Septembers are really bad for markets. I mean, if you look at, at Septembers for markets, this is what Septembers look like for markets. Okay, So it's taken... Every single scenario, not only every single year, but it's taken every single scenario. So it's taken in the last 50 years, in the last 20 years, in the last 10 years, and in midterm years. And you can see that without any exception, September has always been a bad month in the last 50 years, in the last 20 years, in the last 10 years, and in the midterms. And we also know that September hasn't been a great month for Bitcoin And now we've just opened the month and we're 0.31% down. So today we're going to talk about September and we're going to talk about six things that you need to keep your eyes open for. We've got to change the the description because it says five things, but it's actually, I'm going to talk about six things. So we should make it six things that um, are going to, that could hit your crypto portfolio. And you have got to be super aware of each one of these things. But the good news is that even though there are six things, they could actually all be priced in. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because if they are priced in, then maybe September isn't going to be as brutal as everybody says. Right? Got it? Cool. Let's do it. All right. So welcome back. For those of you who are new, subscribe to our channel. Join the 95% of people who are watching this that are actually subscribed to the channel. Um, It's going to be a slightly quicker show today because I have to catch a plane to go and meet Cialdino in Amsterdam. If you are in Amsterdam, hook us up. Um, I'm not going to tell you which hotel we're staying at, um, because Sheldon told me, I must tell anybody which hotel we're staying at. I'm just going to say it starts with a W, and I think it ends with a W. So I don't, I don't know what, what the hotel name is. I can't tell you what it's called. Um, anyway, let's talk about um, what, what's happening today. And as I said, we are in the first day, the first day of September. Um, already we're off to a okay start. Bitcoin is down 0.3%. We know September's are going to be tough. In fact, a lot of people are predicting that September will be the bottom for Bitcoin, but that also that the price will come down. And in fact, I watched this stream yesterday from Chico, from Chico Crypto. And I I mean, I, I know that he's quite controversial, but I must say, I really like his work. I think he's, I think when he brings out videos, they're absolutely, absolutely good quality. He made this video yesterday, which I watched. It's called Warning, September Will Be a bloodbath. And this is what he says at the end of the video. I'm not going to show you the whole video, but watch this. No sound. Hold on. Let me get you sound. Uh, don't do that to us again. Is there no sound? Okay. Damn. I've got a whole lot of videos there today. Okay. So, no sound. What he said yesterday, he said uh, uh, Bitcoin will find its bottom between September. The 18th and September the 23rd, and the bottom will be somewhere between fourteen thousand four hundred and twenty-three uh, and, and eighteen thousand eight hundred dollars. Go and watch this thing. People are saying we should fire James. I think I agree with him. James, how do we not have sound again? Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not sure how to fix the sound, but we'll have to do this without sound. Okay, so there are a lot of people predicting the bottom bottom coming in September, but they are predicting it's going to be a quite a, a rough September. So. He's one of them. He says we're going to get to between $14,400 and $18,000, but then we're going to rebound at the end of September. James hates us. I agree. I agree. I agree. Let's look at where we're. Okay. Route 2 five also says it says people talking about an 85% drawdown to complete the cycle. For the price to correct 85% from the all time high, he says that's actually 50% lower from where we are today. That's Bitcoin at $10,000. That's more like what Kyle's calling. Kyle's calling a $12,000 Bitcoin. And if there was ever a month that it could happen, if there was ever a month that could happen, it would be September. And I'll show you the six reasons why. If Bitcoin is going to go down, it's going to go down in September. Cool. But let's look at at where we're starting off. Let's look at the starting point. The starting point is we're at 20,000. We're holding this 2017 high. All important 2017 high. The only problem is that we keep testing it. And every time we keep testing it, every time we keep testing this 2017 high, you know what that means it means that we're eating into the liquidity. And if you keep banging on a wall hard enough, eventually the wall is gonna break down. So we wanna see a recovery from this level and we wanna see a recovery pretty fast. We've got the dollar index. Look at this dollar index. It is ripping, 109.3, going parabolic. In fact, it's, you could pretty much say that it's an all-time high or going towards the high. So you can see, the, you can see where we are, 109.35. Let me just sh- shut down this WhatsApp on this, on this computer. Because otherwise we're going to be disturbed here for the whole um, the whole show. Uh, there we go. Okay, goodbye. See you later. Um, cool. So that's, that is the dollar index. Then we have got the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ is down 120 points. The reason why the NASDAQ is down 120 points, because the dollar index is strengthening. The reason why the dollar index is strengthening, because everybody is running away from Europe. They don't want to be in Europe. The reason why they don't want to be in Europe is because europe's in in big trouble they've got an inflation problem they've got an energy pro an, an energy war on their hands. Someone's saying, "Is this not a double top? I think we can pretty much write off a double top there right I mean that's not a double top never was Never was. It's a higher high, high. It's a, It was kind of hopeful to think it was gonna, it was going to be a double top, but i think it's I think it's quite clear that it's a higher high now, right yeah sure. It is. All right, so, let's, let's, so that's that. All right, let's talk about the five things. As I said, I don't have much time today. And also smash that like button. I see you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do. I'm here doing what I'm supposed to do. You need to do what you're supposed to do. I need to get to the airport, but I'm here and I'm bringing you crypto love and I'm bringing you crypto wisdom. And we're doing this. All right, so let's look at the five or six things that could actually smash your portfolio. And then let's decide. People are saying lunacy, lunacy. If you guys want to talk about lunacy, go and watch Miles' stream from, from earlier. So if you go and look here, Miles made a show earlier about Luna and why Luna is going, uh, could go back to $1. So go and watch it. It was one of the best shows that he's ever done. Uh, probably worth watching given what's happening with Luna. So go and check it out. Go and check it out. Go and check it out. All right. Now, without further ado, let's actually get into the six things that could actually hit your portfolio in September. And we're going to start off with the one that came out last night. And that is, of course, Mount Gox. Now, we expected a barrage of FUD around Mt. Gox this week. And now it's actually playing out but now we can kind of make the difference between what's FUD and what's real. So what do we know? We know that the, that the Mount Gox liquidator still has 137,890 coins and they are sitting right here in this wallet, right? We know that. We also know that they came out with this document last night. And if you read this document and I'll save you all the hard work you can read in reading the document, it says that they will start The start date and end date of the assignment, and the assignment is to repay the 137,000 Bitcoin, the start date is September 15th, 2022, two days after the ETH merge, the Mt. Gox uh, liquidator is dropping the coins on the market. Well, that's not exactly what's happening. That's what the market wants you to think will happen. But the truth is, that is not what's happening. Richard Hart wants you to believe that. He says, are you ready for the Mt. Gox dump? But Eric Wall has taken him on again. He's taken him on again. And he says, look, it doesn't exactly work like that. Because the 15th of September is the beginning period. But there's a whole long process that needs to be followed. And if you look at this, it says the end period, the end date, is the base repayment deadline. However, if the repayment in the deadline is blah, 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 carries on, it just basically says this thing can carry on forever. They still have to go through a whole process of KYCing all the wallets, getting all the different wallet addresses, getting all the claims from a whole lot of different periods. And it says it has a set time period during which the assignment transfer or succession provision as collateral or disposition by other means of rehabilitation are prohibited. Okay, so it carries on going and it carries on going and it carries on going. And the bottom line is that these coins are not hitting the market in September. They are starting to collect the information now and they may start hitting the market very, very, very slowly Starting sometime in September after the merge, so I'm not expecting 140,000 coins to hit the market all at once. I'm expecting to hit the market pretty slowly, and I think this will take if I've if I if this process is anything like the Mt. Gox process has been up until now, I can tell you that this is going to take a long, long, long time. Remember, Mt. Gox was hacked when was it 2014 2013? So, so just, I mean. Everybody, hold your horses. This is not going to flood the market. We're not going to get 140,000 coins hitting the market all at once, like Richard Hart says. By the way, speaking of Richard Hart, guess who is on Friday banter tomorrow? Remember, we promised you Mike Alfred, Jordy Alexander, and Richard Hart. We stick, when we say something, we deliver it, okay? Here it is, here it is. Tomorrow, Richard Hart, Mike Alfred, and Jordy Alexander. This is going to be. One of the best banters we've ever done. It's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing banter. All right, so Mt. Gox, that's number one. I think that's already priced in. Nothing to worry about when it comes to Mt. Gox, okay? Let's look at the next thing that could bring down your crypto portfolios, and that is the ETH Merge. If the ETH Merge is unsuccessful, then we could actually see the bottom, and we could see the bottom pretty fast. The ETH Merge is happening two days before the 15th of September, right? That could bring down your portfolio. Keep a close eye on it. As I said before, I think the ETH Merge is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I don't think anything's going to go wrong, but remember, you've got to always measure the risk against the return. And remember, someone said wipe your forehead. Okay, I'll wipe my forehead. Um, (laughs) It's it's these lights. There's so many lights here. All right. Uh, There's so many lights in the studio. uh, I promise you'll come here. You'll you'll, you'll think you're in a football stadium. Um, On the 13th of September, also, we have the inflation readings. And the issue that we have now with the inflation readings is that the Atlanta Fed, or sorry, the Cleveland Fed, has this thing called the now cost, which is this now cost is how they forecast inflation. The issue is that they're now forecasting that the next period's inflation is going to be higher than the previous one. So this is, a, this is a problem because we're all counting on the fact that inflation has actually been coming down. But now if you look at this Cleveland Fed's now cost, they seem to be forecasting that inflation may go up. Now, remember, we don't want inflation to go up because if inflation goes up, it means the Fed's going to be way more aggressive. And you can see what the market's already pricing in is a 75 basis point rate hike. It's like Now it's like 72% uh, uh, in favor of 75 basis point, 28% in favor of 50 basis point. I called this back in w- when this all started. I said it's going to be a 75 basis point rate hike. And I think now that's what the market's pricing in. We do need to look at a couple of other things when we talk about inflation. The first thing is Goldman Sachs never called anything right in their lives before, but this could be the first time. So we continue to believe at the peak core PCE is behind us. We now forecast PCE of 4.2% in December 2022 and 2.6% in December 2023. So they're calling, they're already calling inflation for 2023. Them and their crystal balls. No wonder they're never right. Um, we are seeing a little bit of a cool down in the housing market. 5.4 million households, not current on mortgage. 21% of homes for sale in July had a, uh, had a price drop. The medium rent is up 14% this year. The medium home price is down 6.2% in the last two months. Record 8% of listings lowering price each week. So we are having a decline in the home market, which is going to bring down inflation. We also have oil coming down for the third month in a row. You see, oil now closed at $90, okay? So um, also looking good. So the question is whether you believe this Fed now cost, which has never ever been right in the history of, of, of forecasting, or whether you look at the fundamentals. I think inflation will go slightly down, uh, but I don't think it's going to be enough to make the market happy, unfortunately. And so I think that, I mean, I think the 75 basis points is, as Kyle would say, absolutely inevitable. All right. What else could bring down your portfolio in the month of September? So I think, again, the first thing I said, Mt. Gox, it's not going to bring down your portfolio. The second thing is, in September, is inflation numbers. Maybe, maybe. I think that inflation numbers will be slightly low, but not low enough to convince the market. Remember I said that. Next thing is quantitative tightening. Tightening. You know what quantitative tightening is? This is the Fed's balance sheet, which is the amount of money that they've put into circulation. So remember they everything was cool they were that for the their balance sheet was 4 trillion dollars comes covid they print money they print another 5 6 trillion dollars or 5 5 trillion dollars they now need to reduce their balance sheet they need to take money out of circulation and they were taking money out of circulation um um uh, at a rate of a maximum of 47.5 billion a month for the past three months they didn't actually that well they they aim to do 47 and a half billion a month but they only landed up taking 17.23 billion a month so now the threshold increases to 90 billion a month because they said we're going to start off at 47 and a half billion a month and then we're going to increase it to 90 billion per month and so now they are increasing to 90 billion a month starting today so that's another thing that could bring your portfolio down in september but the question is, is that actually priced in because the thing with these macro things is that by the time retail investors start to talk about them, usually all of this stuff is actually priced in. That's the thing with markets. Markets are forward looking. And usually by the time people start to react to things, it's already priced in. And this chart shows exactly the same thing. If you look for the search terms recession and you look at the markets over time, you can see that usually by the time the public start to look up the word recession, that's usually signifies the bottom. And you can see it happened over here in 2008 you can see that it happened here in 2020 when, when, when COVID happened. And now we're seeing that top again in terms of searches. Question is whether this is now all priced in and now retail is going to Google the word recession because now that we've been in a recession for so long, now they're starting to price it in. And I think Ralph Paul shares that sentiment. Uh, you can watch this. Uh, there's no sound. Okay. so uh, I mean, it's so frustrating that James did this to us. James, you must be able to... Ralph Paul says that he thinks that we're, not going to, that we're not going to see new lows. Everything's already priced in and he's starting to see a recovery pretty soon. Okay, so that's where we're at. Um, I can't play any more videos because James messed up the soundboard again. Uh, again, okay, it doesn't matter. Let me know in the comments if you think we should finally fire James. It's a rental. It's a rental soundboard. It's a rental soundboard because you broke the old one. Okay, so Ralph, Paul is bullish. Just take it from me. All right, the next thing that could bring down your portfolios, could, could, is this is quite interesting. This is really quite interesting. Michael Saylor is getting sued for tax evasion in D.C. Okay, so if you look at this, this is the Attorney General from D.C. He says, new today we're suing Michael Saylor, a billionaire tech executive who has lived in the district for more than a decade but has never paid any taxes in D.C., We're also suing his company, MicroStrategy, for conspiring to help him evade taxes. He legally owes hundreds of millions of dollars he's earned while living in D.C. It's the first lawsuit brought under D.C.'s recently amended False Claims Act, which actually is not brought by the state, but encourages whistleblowers to report residents. So it's like, if I want to report Kyle for tax evasion, then I get a percentage of what they claim against Kyle. So this is the act that they've put in in D.C., and what they're saying is that with this lawsuit, they're putting their residents and employers on notice that if you enjoy the benefits of living in this great city while refusing to pay your fair share in taxes will hold you accountable. So let me say this. Let me, let, me, let me give you some comment here. First of all, Michael Saylor claims that he lives in Florida. That's what he claims. He has a house in Florida. He moved his license to Florida, his car license to Florida. But they claim that he's been living in D.C. So even though he claims that he has been living in Florida, they claim that he has been living in D.C. Now, where do they get this claim from? I'll show you where they get this claim from. This is where it gets a little bit interesting. You know us. We like interesting. So I read this whole thing. I read it so that you guys don't have to read it. Um, you gotta, you got to hear this because it's actually quite funny. Defendant Michael J. Saylor has unlawfully deprived the District of Columbia of tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue. Cry- oh, let me get a tissue in Crimea River. Defendant said knowingly avoided income taxes he has owed the district by fraudulently claiming to be a resident of other lower tax jurisdictions while maintaining his domicile in the abode in the district, including living in a luxury penthouse on Georgetown waterfront and docking multiple yachts on the district's Potomac riverfront from 2005. Anyway, they accuse him of living in, in D.C. While, while paying taxes in Florida, uh, where, the, of course, Florida is a zero income tax, uh, zero tax area. So remember in the US, if you live in Florida, you only pay federal tax, you don't pay state taxes. But if you live in Washington, you need to pay taxes for living in Washington. Now, Saylor, uh, allegedly, allegedly, according to the whistleblower, and according to the Attorney General, lived in D.C., but, 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 but pretended to live in Florida. Now, if you live in Florida, People that live in Florida are very cautious because they know that you have to count the number of days that you live in Florida to qualify to be a Floridian. Okay, can you say a Floridian? Someone lives in Florida. Now, they claim that Saylor didn't do this. And what he did to make things even worse, he posted a whole lot of Facebook posts. Now, you got to remember, when you post something on Twitter and when you post something on Facebook, the law can use your posts against you to sue you. So you got to remember. So he he, he posted, he said, view from my georgetown balcony this morning now i just need to finish renovating my apartment so i can move back in for now maybe i pitch a tent outside the terrace and then he says uh, gazing wistfully at my future home while i wait for james to crack the whip on the contractors and herd the cats i wonder if tony stark would be so patient and then he says off to work it's a perfect october morning uh, making it hard to leave home and he shows pictures of his yacht so you see all they've taken a whole lot of these facebook posts the interesting thing is that they want they are attaching or claiming that MicroStrategy's company colluded to, pre- to, to pretend that he was living in Florida and that, that, that the, the taxes weren't due. So why is this important? Well, it's not a good look for Bitcoin. It's, you know, Michael Saylor getting attacked or getting sued uh, by the Attorney General is not, a, not really a good look for Bitcoin. Also, you've got to ask yourself a question. Did they just issue the summons now? Or were they corresponding with him before? Because I haven't dealt specifically with this kind of summons, but I've had some dealings with tax officials and they don't just issue a summons. First, they ask you a whole lot of questions. Then they send you a whole lot of letters. They give you a whole lot of time to reply and to respond. And only the last point, the very, very, very last point is to issue a court case. And so now you've got to ask yourself a question. Is there a chance that Michael Saylor resigned as CEO of MicroStrategy because he suspected, because he knew, because there was somebody who tipped him off that this was coming and what he wanted to do was to protect um was to protect the company and that's why he stepped down as ceo i also think that him going on to podcasts and saying shit like this uh, i can't even play it because the sound doesn't work because james messed up the sound again just how did you manage to mess up the sound so badly i mean in, in this thing he brags about not paying tax and says if they come and ask me about tax he says well i'll Sorry, you pushed me too far. I've lost it. I don't know where the private keys are. Come take my taxes. See, I, James, I can't reenact this part. Let's try again. No sound yeah. No, he said at the end of the day, you can tell him to go fuck yourself. You can put it in your head and memorize the freaking key. Oh, yeah, my Bitcoin. I lost it in a burning accident. At the end of the day, what this means is, if you push me too far, I lost it. It's gone. Sorry, take that. That's what he said. Okay, so I know it's a bad, it's a bad uh, thing. Um. Yeah, you guys tell us what we need to do with James. I'm, I'm also surprised James still works here, and he, I mean, he wants to negotiate salary increases. I'm not actually a sound guy. Oh, shut up! You see, no, nothing to do with this. Okay, so that's the, that's the next thing that happened in, 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 that, that could be bad for Bitcoin. Um, it's just not a good look for Bitcoin. All right, next thing um, is China lockdowns. So I was going to play you a whole beautiful video around a lockdown in Chengdu province, but I can't play it for you because Jimmy messed up the sound. Anyway, what this lady says, she says, I don't remember her name, but what she said is she said, there are lockdowns in the in COVID lockdowns in China in this province of Chengdu. Now, Chengdu is a province that represents about 1.7% of the, of the of the Chinese GDP. And it's a manufacturing uh, uh, hub for things like VW, for Toyota and for a whole lot of other companies. And they are going into COVID lockdowns, but it's not exactly a COVID lockdown because if you're in what they call a closed loop factory, okay, now guess what a closed loop factory is? It's a factory where the employees never leave the factory and they sleep in the factory. That's called the closed loop factory. So in China, there's a whole lot of these closed loop factories. Surprise, what well, you didn't know that there were closed loop factories in, in China. Next, you're gonna tell me you never knew there were six year old kids working there. Come on, everyone knows that. Um, <clears throat> um, I did not say that. Anyway, so they manufacture, uh, they manufacture Apple phones. Anyway, there's a lockdown on, on this, on this uh, um, uh, province avoid COVID. So again, another thing that you need to worry about. Speaking of China and lockdowns. Well, the USA did something quite interesting. They ordered Nvidia to stop selling AI chips to China and Russia. But they did this one month after Nancy Pelosi sold all her share options at a loss. Now, I remember watching this. And I remember thinking to myself, why? would Nancy Pelosi's husband, the best trader in the world, certified the best trader in the world, even better than Carl or Anal Capo. Okay? He would have won the Bybit competition if he was not American and he was allowed to play, or if he just used the VPN, he would have won the Bybit competition. Okay, He is a great trader. But in this case, he sold $5 million worth of shares at a loss of $300,000. And I remember thinking to myself, why would he sell at loss when there is a bill that is going to be passed to uplift the chip manufacturers in China, in, in, in the in, in NVIDIA and, and other chip manufacturers that are not in China? And now we know the answer, ladies and gentlemen, because the US has now ordered NVIDIA to stop selling AI chips to China and to Russia. You see? Perfect timing, perfect timing. mysteriously perfect timing. Now the China commerce ministry on NVIDIA Tells the U.S. like they they saying like why are you doing this to us? Stop stop with these with these with these with these um uh sanctions that you're doing against us. It's crazy. The U.S. now is fighting with Russia. It's fighting with China. And Saudi Arabia isn't taking their calls around oil. Don't know. I I don't know what Joe Biden's thinking, or if Joe Biden's thinking. Yeah. Anyway, let me know if you think that we should get Nancy Pelosi's husband. His name is Paul Pelosi. To into the next Bybit competition. I don't think we should. I think he'll beat us. You'll get inside information. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, oh, I want, to tell you, I want to tell you something else. Something also very cool, okay? Remember how tokens used to pump before they got listed on Coinbase? Do you remember that? Like how tokens used to go through the roof when they got a Coinbase listing, remember? And then they caught that one guy that was inside Coinbase. They caught him for insider trading him and his brother and his brother's friend. They caught them for insider trading. So now, okay, let me show you what happens now. Let me show you what happens now. So Coinbase says they're gonna add support for Nia protocol. And yesterday they said they were gonna add support for Aurora. So I called up the price of Nia, and the price of NIA is actually down 1.65%. So there's no more Coinbase pump, coin pre Coinbase pump, because now that brother, him and his brother, I think his name was Ishan are now no longer at Coinbase. So now there's no more inside information. And now people in Coinbase are actually very scared. And so there's no more p- pump. So if you look at Aurora as well, Aurora, remember they, they said yesterday they're listing Aurora down. That's crazy, right? I mean, crazy that now there's no more Coinbase pump. Take your Coinbase pump. No more Coinbase pump. Um, but remember, we are going to Neocon because we do believe in you. We'll be there from the 11th to 14th of September. Tomorrow, I'll give away the five. In fact, on my Twitter, I'll give away the five tickets. For anyone who wants to go comment, I made a Twitter post. Go comment on the Twitter post, and you could come with us to Neocon. And we're going to have a meetup there, and we're going to go watch the charts. We're going to do higher highs. Sheldon's there. Oh, Sheldon's not there. Sheldon's not there. It's going to be me and my own. It's going to be me on my own. Uh, also, by the way, by the way, we're not only going to be there. We're also going to be in Paris. Okay, so let me tell you when we're going to be in Paris. See, there's a Binance Blockchain Week in in paris um i have to sign in okay but there's a link below just go and go and look at the link below um and it will it will it will show you when we're going to be in paris after that um for the binance blockchain week if you want the dates the dates are i think the 14th 15th and 16th will be in paris so first tomorrow we're going to be in amsterdam monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday i'll be in tel aviv Uh, Then I'm going to be in Lisbon for Neocon. Then I'm going to be in Paris for Paris Blockchain Week. Then I'm back here in South Africa. Then I'm going to Singapore for Token 2049 and for the Grand Prix. Then I'm back here. Then I'm going to be at DevCon in Bogota. So keep up with us. Come with us. Let's have some fun together. Let's meet you guys somewhere in the world. Let's have meetups. Let's have fun. A couple of other things that are happening today, well, just in general. Helium is moving to Solana not really that surprised because helium Multicoin basically has a whole lot of big share in helium and they also have a big share in solana and you can see that they're like merging all their projects to work on solana they, they are asking them very nicely they are encouraging them and to to work on solana so now there's a vote as to whether we're going to move helium to solana i think i think they'll move helium to solana i think it's already gone through um also i also saw this binance look at the look at the the monthly spot trading volume, Binance versus all their competitors. I mean, Binance is becoming an absolute behemoth. Look at this. Wow, absolutely. Look, look at the market share that Binance has got relative to all the other exchanges. They also our partners. You can sign up an account. There's a referral link somewhere below. They are partners. Uh, BitGet are also our partners. I'm, I'm, I really like the BitGet exchange. Unbelievable. I've been using it for a while now. Um, but now what they're doing here is they're also doing zero fees. Zero fees, and that I mean, you take that and you say zero fees, it's going to be crazy. They're going to wipe out their competitors. Um, the slimy lawyer, Kyle Roche, the guy that we that I showed you the other day with all those videos, who then claimed that he they were all highly edited, taken out of context, and he was, uh, he to, to use his words, intoxicated, highly intoxicated. Um, he now withdrew all those clash action lawsuits, so he pulls out of the lawsuit against Binance and Tether. And a whole lot of others. He basically pulled out. So basically, he was exposed, and he, any, he, any, he, any, he, um, he pulled out. There is speculation that the person that exposed him is Dom- Dominic Williams from ICP Internet Computer. I don't know if that's true or not. But if it is, I want to say congratulations to Dominic for 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 an unbelievably well-executed move. Um, congratulations, my friend. Well done. Well done. Well done. Um. I think that is it for today because I think I need to get to the airport. Oh, bad news for you guys. Bad news for you guys. Remember I said that if you sign up for CoinStats, if 200 of you sign up, then there's a 1 in 200 chance that one of you will win a Bitcoin. 190 of you signed up. So we're going to try again now in September. We're going to try again. If 200 people sign up for CoinStats in September, then we will give a Bitcoin away to one of the 200 plus 190 from August. So one of the 390. But we have to get 200 people to sign up in September. Otherwise, it ain't going to work. They're not going to give away the Bitcoin. All right. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Remember, it's a big banter tomorrow. This is the banter tomorrow. You see, that's the banter tomorrow. Don't miss it. Richard Hart, Mike, Alfred, and Jordi Alexander. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.